What's well, everybody and welcome back to the podcast. As always, my name is Caleb Rutherford and I'm your host and I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity to sit down and study the Word of God together. This is season number six, episode number eight, as we are considering this idea of transforming our worship and I have, uh, hope that this has been beneficial to you uh, over the last few episodes and as we continue to go through this entire season. As always, if you would, go to our website, scatteredabroad.org. You can find out all the information you need to know about this podcast and all of the other podcasts here at the Scattered Abroad Network, and uh, you can find out all the information you need to know about the podcast, the host, and everything that we do. If you would subscribe to our email list, you'll get two emails a month that'll keep you up to date on the network and everything that you need to know, and certainly that would be helpful to you and beneficial to us as well. Uh, we're closing out uh, this three-episode set with uh, our special guest, Joey Davis. Joey, thanks again for taking some time to be on the podcast today. Thank you very much. I've enjoyed being here. Absolutely. Looking forward to our particular study um, today. I, the three that I gave Joey were like the three probably like, I don't know, most controversial topics that we could have talked about, the instrumental music, women's roles in worship, and then also today what we're going to talk about, but certainly things that are all necessary, things that need to be discussed and talked about. And so we're talking again, as you've already seen uh, by the episode title, but we've entitled titled this one, Transforming Our Worship, Are You a Professional Hooky Player? Um, now, I was never able to actually play hooky growing up because I was homeschooled, so I never had an opportunity to do that. Now, I don't know about you growing up. You, you're welcome to say or not say about <laughs> you. You didn't even have a senior skip day? No, or, I had nothing. I'll I, I tell you what. I did get off school on my birthday, though. I did get that. I don't, yeah. I'm guessing most people probably didn't get that. But, um, no, my, my mom was uh, – pretty strict about all that stuff so I didn't I never got a didn't get anything like that but um, not what we're talking about today um, I think you know along the lines of our worship uh, our audience has probably figured out what exactly it is that we're talking about so does God really care that much and we kind of ended off um, we've been ending off a lot of our episodes with kind of this question of does God really care about the way that we do these kinds of things so yeah. I'll kind of want to, I guess, switch switch it on this one um, and talk first off about does God really care that much if I miss a worship service? If I, you know, what we might say, play hooky, right, and not not be where we're supposed to be, not be in the assemblies uh, when God has commanded us to be there. Does God really care that much if I miss a worship service? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that, and unless I missed something in almost twenty years of preaching. I don't believe anybody has ever actually asked me that question. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like people don't ask that because ignorance is bliss. <laughs> sure. Right? Sure. And, um, you know, if, but if somebody did, I feel like I would at least want to say, I love you and I want to help you, but right. why don't you ask God that question? Mm. Right. Because yeah. that's what really matters. It's right. not about my opinion and, I, I think I would direct people to God. And, of course, the only way to to ask God is to look in his word right? and to see what the Christian attitude toward the assembly should be. I doubt that anyone can sincerely walk away from God's word with a minimalist attitude. Sure. Right? The, Absolutely. The minimum. That's what the Bible expects of me. A lot of Christians have a minimalist attitude. Though. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they ask questions like, what do I have to do? What, you know, with have, right. you know, underlined. Right. 
uh, what can I get by with, Mm -hmm. what is actually required. Uh, That attitude did not develop out of a study of Scripture. Right. And so if, you know, if a Christian attends the typical three services on Sunday and one service on Wednesday, that Christian has given God about 2% of their week. Right. That that's not even a tithe of time, right? If right. you think about the tithe of the Old Testament being ten percent, we're we're not even giving that in our time, and yet I'm questioning whether or not I I'm required to do that. So maybe we should ask ourselves, what will God think of me if I can't or don't want to carve out two percent of my week for the worship service and Bible class hours? Yeah. Yep, that's that's a great way to put it, and I think again it goes back to the, the whole attitude and mindset uh, of where we are as Christians, of where we are, um, you know, in our spiritual walk with Christ. And I, you know, you and I were sitting down with uh, our high school and junior high class a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about worship. Um, and one of the things that I, I told them was, you know, when you, when it comes to our attitude towards worship, whether that's you know, attending and being present in the assemblies or even the way in which we participate, you know, and, and how we carry out these acts of worship, whether we're leading or just in, in the audience as someone who is participating in it. Our attitude towards our worship and the things that we do that involve our worship uh, greatly reflect our attitude uh, th- that we feel towards just being a Christian in general. Um, because when we're talking about worship, worship is the greatest thing that we could do while we're here on this earth. It is that to which we should look forward um, every single week. It should be the highlight of our week. And it's an opportunity to come together and to worship God and to encourage and edify one another. We're going to talk more about that here in just a moment. Um, but when we, uh, when, we, when we understand what it is that we're doing and the fact that God has required of us to do that, and then our love for God comes into play. You know, if you love me, keep my commandments, uh, John 14, 15. Um, when, we, when we consider all of those things, then our attitude towards worship, like you said, will turn into a I get to worship, not an I have to worship kind of attitude. Um, and it's unfortunate, right, that a lot of um, a, a lot of Christians um, in, in, uh, in our day and age um, have that kind of attitude. And so um, it's, it's, it's a struggle to try to, uh, to try to help people, um, you know, flip that mindset, right. Yeah. To, to get to the point to where worship is something that they love doing and that it's a highlight of their week, not that it's, uh, something that they just have to check off that they've done and then move on. Uh, yeah, with their I, rest I have to fit it in right. the mentality of, I have to fit it in right. you know, right. somewhere. So. Yep. So well, what do we miss out on? I think this is extremely important because obviously, we worship for specific reasons. God told us to worship. Um, and so when we don't worship, when we're not present in the assemblies, when we habitually skip out on worship services, and again, I think, you know, we probably should have prefaced this. I, I think everybody understands there are times when things happen and, you, you know, you or I are, are unable to be present in a worship assembly. That's not what we're talking about. And I think any logically thinking person understands that we're talking about when we habitually skip out on worship services and we are habitually placing other things in front of going to worship. What do we miss out on when we do that? Yeah, I appreciate the point that you made there. I mean, we're talking about playing hooky, right? right we're not right. talking about 
you know, reasons that, you know, legitimate reasons for, I'm just talking about the habitual practice really of, of not showing up. And so I, I came up with four things that we really miss out on sure, uh, or that are degraded by our absence. And the first one is uh, the opportunity to accomplish the purpose of that assembly. Hmm. You, you already said this, there's a purpose for our assembly. Right. And I'm, well, I mean, we would agree ultimately that is to worship God and to glorify and honor him as he's commanded us to do. But there are other benefits. You know, you and I receive benefits. Now that we have two preachers here, I get the benefit of something that, you know, wasn't typical before where I could, as part of my worship, sit and engage and study with somebody else while they were right. preaching. You know, that's that's a benefit of the assembly that even I didn't always, you know, sometimes I could, but most of the time— I was on the preaching side of it right. and not the receiving uh, end where I had the opportunity to engage in the study that was being uh, presented. You know, the singing and exhortation, we'll talk more about this when we get to Hebrews chapter uh, uh, 10 in a moment. Uh, but uh, another one is the opportunity uh, opportunity to affect Bible shepherding. You know, leaders of a congregation have an obligation to shepherd the flock. Right. And so when I'm where I'm supposed to be, I affect shepherding in a positive way. When mm-hmm. I'm not, then I impact their shepherding in, in a negative way. Right. Uh, and part of their responsibility is to feed the flock. Mm-hmm. You know, so being present in the assembly is not just a worship assembly. But the Bible studies and other things that they have prescribed, the elders have prescribed for our good. Right. You know, I I enable them to shepherd by being a part of that. A third one, the opportunity to de- demonstrate my devotion and commitment. You know, that that's really an attitude that's behind the hooky play. Mm-hmm. Not devoted. I'm not committed to right. it. There's something else vying for time in my life. And so when I resolve to be present and I am present, then that's a show of devotion and commitment. And and then fourthly, the opportunity to correct a beneath the surface heart problem. Mm. It's not just the act of not being here. It's the attitude and the reasoning and the self-talk that went into deciding not to be there. Right. You know, so when I, when I'm present, that's an indication that I've overcome that self-talk and uh, and I'm working on a heart problem that, you know, that represents a mentality or a desire to, to not be here. Right. Yeah, no, I absolutely certainly agree with all of those things. And it's interesting <clears throat> that everything you put down, you, you, you know, qualified it as an opportunity. And interestingly enough, every um, three things that I put down, I had all labeled as opportunities oh boy, as well, <laughs> but but different in the sense yeah. of, you know, I, and I think that's interesting because when you think about worship, I mean, what is worship? Worship really is an opportunity for us, right? It's an opportunity that God has placed before us to, you know, he's opened doors for us um, to grow and to edify and to carry out our purpose of while we're here. Um, so I think that that's extremely important to remember, you know, th- this is 
certainly it is, you know, in the sense that we are there to to worship and to glorify God, but it's an opportunity for us, yeah. right? For us to grow and for us to to better ourselves and to strengthen and to encourage and to and to be there for each other, the fellowship and all of those things. And again, we're, we'll talk more about that in our next question. But I think that's extremely important to remember that this is an opportunity that God has placed before us. Let's not squander those opportunities. Um, and let's make sure we'll, we are fulfilling the commands that God is, has laid out for us. So let's let's get into this one. And I'm glad you read Hebrews 10 because I, I put the wrong reference <laughs> on our notes. Um, and it's funny because I went through, I've been through this a couple of times and I even pulled up the passage right before we got on here and I read it as what it was supposed to be. But um, let's talk about Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 24 and 25, just briefly and not, not getting too terribly deep in this, but what what exactly is the Hebrews writer? Um, the, what's the point he's trying to get across here when you consider these couple of verses? Okay, I'm going to take the time to begin uh, as we begin to read that passage. Absolutely, absolutely. And he says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So this is definitely talking about the manner or habit of forsaking the assembling of the saints that takes place on the Lord's day. Right. That's definitely uh, what it's talking about. Now, as far as the end of the passage, the day approaching, as you see the day approaching, some have tried to say that's that's next Sunday, right? <laughs> right. But that, that's that's not uh, that's not what it's talking about. Some have said it's the judgment day. I would argue that it's not likely the judgment day because that's not something we see approaching right. Matthew Matthew, tw- uh, Matthew twenty four, right? So perhaps really. <laughs> By elimination, the only other day that would be the coming destruction of Jerusalem in mm-hmm. AD 70. So I, I think it's important to point out that aspect of it, but that does not negate anything that was said up to that point and the application of it to what we're talking about. Right. We're talking about the assembling of the saints together and the point that we are to consider one another— in order to stir one another up to love and good works and to not forsake, not to play hooky, right. the assembling of ourselves together. And notice, in, even in the first century, that was a manner of some. And, right. he's, and he's making that observation. Some are doing this. Right. So when people do that, is it right or wrong? He says, don't do it, not forsaking. He calls it forsaking the assembling. So right. it's wrong to do that. We're to be together exhorting one another. Uh, in our worship. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And it's interesting because this is a problem that evidently they faced back then. And we obviously still face the same problem today. And so there's been commitment issues within, you know, humans within their minds, um, going all the way back to the very beginning. Um, And so all of this coming together with whoever, you know, whoever's writing this, um, seeing the importance of making sure that this is is touched on and that it is discussed. Um, and again, showing the importance of making sure that we make it a point to assemble uh, with, with, with the saints to, to assemble, to worship and to not forsake uh, one another. Because again, uh, going back to kind of what we talked about um, in our last 
last segment, last question, um, the idea of edifying and encouraging uh, one another, right? Going back to verse 24, consider one another to stir up love and good works. Um, a lot of a, a lot of the assembly, a lot of our worship, um, quote unquote, experience is the, the ability to be encouraged and to edify, uh, but then to do the same uh, for other people as well. And right. so I think that's important uh, to remember as we close this episode out, let's, let's talk about this. And this is this can be really really difficult. Um, how do we approach people who are doing what uh, was talked about in Hebrews ten verse twenty five? Those who purposely are what we were calling playing hooky. Those who are purposely placing things above being present in the assembly. How do we approach people uh, who have that kind of mindset and are living that kind of lifestyle? All right, I in an ideal world. I, there's some groundwork for this, you know, and I, I don't know that this takes place in every congregation, but I would encourage it right. in, in all of them. If, if it's not, it, it seems to be best practice that the expectation is set by the leadership of the congregation. Right. What, what is expected of the members by the leaders? You know, is it expected that the membership I mean, it's biblically expected that we come together for worship on the Lord's Day. But if that looks like two worship services, three worship services, you know, whatever, what it, what is the expectation of the leadership of the congregation? Right. If there are Bible classes on Sunday and Wednesday, if there are gospel meetings, what is the expectation of the leadership regarding the membership of the congregation. I, I think this whole effort is helped tremendously when that expectation is understood in right. the congregation. Yep. Out, outside of that, as a member concerned for another who is habitually absent, I would try to help them to see why it is important for them to be there. And, and that, you know, for all the reasons we observed earlier in the previous question, Right. Yeah, it certainly you know, the leadership sets the tone, right? And when the the membership understands what is expected of them uh from the leadership, um then at, at least the leadership has done their part and they've showed what has been expected and then again, you know, you can't you can't make people do things, uh, but you can at least show them and tell them exactly what it is that's expected of them. Um and so it's important um you know, as, as we're talking about this idea of, of, of playing hooky, showing people, you know, with obviously with love, uh, but with firmness and, um, and not willing to compromise the truth, showing them the command that God has given us to worship and that there's also a command given to us as Christians who are part of a congregation to be subject to the authority of the elders. And so when they set in place, you know, times uh, that we are to be present in the assemblies, when we don't do that, and we habitually and purposely miss out and skip out on that, we are in a, in a place of disobedience of the elders. Right. And ultimately, we are in, a, in, in that same state with the authority of God because God has placed that eldership over us um, in, in that position. I think that's important to remember as well. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, just one other part of this, I would remind individuals who are, you know, are forsaking the assembly that— <coughs> Hebrews was written in the context of Christian persecution, and there was exhortation and expectation 
of Christians to prioritize the assembly and, right. you know, in that environment. And here we are, free from persecution by the providence of God, mm. perhaps, and it just seems fitting that, you know, this this specific manifold blessing from God that we have the liberty and freedom to worship, that that should compel us to at least give the bare minimum, right? right? 2% of our week uh, to God as he's prescribed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, it goes back to our attitude. Do we care um, and and love God um, to the extent that we should? Does it really matter to us the way that we live our lives as Christians? And if it does, then that's going to come across in our worship and in the way that we view um, the need to to assemble and the way that we view uh, while we are assembling our attitude towards uh, our worship and what we're able to do. Joey, thanks so much for being on with us Thank for the you. last three episodes. I've certainly enjoyed the study. Hopefully uh, you as our audience have as well. Again, we're looking forward to being back with you next week. Um, until then, certainly you can go to our website, scatteredabroad.org, find all of the information you need to. Um, all of that will also be in our show notes below. Looking forward to having with you, uh, looking forward to having you with us back next week. And until then, thank you so much and God bless. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.